Impact Up. Welcome to the Impact Up podcast, where you'll hear stories of how entrepreneurs and business leaders are using technology for social good. My name is Michael Jacobs, and I lead sustainability and social innovation for IBM Corporate Social Responsibility. Today, you'll hear an interview between our hosts, Daryl Pereira and Nick Zanaro from the startup, The Connected Shop. They'll be talking about how sensors for monitoring agriculture and buildings can have an impact on sustainability. I'll be back after the interview. Welcome, everybody. My name is Daryl Pereira. I'm a senior content strategist at IBM. I'm really happy today to be joined by Nick Zanaro. And Nick, if I could just turn over to you and ask you to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are. Thank you, Daryl. And, and hello, everybody. My name is Nick Zanero. I'm the owner and founder of The Connected Shop, theconnectedshop.com. We're an online store dedicated uh, to selling smart objects, connected devices, pretty much anything that you can control with your mobile phone. We've been online now a bit over two years, and we're based out of Florida in, in Miami. We've started out in the retail space, let's say, uh, but little by little, we clearly identified very specific businesses, business verticals that were working more on a business to business side. And this mainly in the real estate space, think of builders, uh, construction, property managers, a lot of hotels as well. And we sell to those people connected devices in the likes of smart door locks, for example, smart sensors as well. And this to help them benefit really from the comfort and, and ease of use, whether it's for themselves or, or their clients, as well as the security. And, and here, having the, the transition, I think, for what we're, we're talking about today as well, unlocking sustainability benefits through these through these smart devices and through the use that people are, are having with these smart devices, basically being able to monitor, for instance, their electricity consumption through these devices, whether it is through their ACs that are still running when people leave the room, uh, whether it is leaks uh, that could happen so you can, uh, you can prevent those before further damage is done. And so in this regard, I think we're at the very beginning of this trend in sustainability that's being driven by smart devices. That's fascinating and interesting journey. Something that has come up as well before on this podcast is this idea that, as you said there, there's obviously a sustainability angle to this. A lot of what you can measure could be things where you might be able to make either a process more efficient or things like, like you're saying, if you're cutting off uh, air conditioning when no one's in the room, that's obviously you can think of the kind of energy savings and that side of it. It's interesting that you say that also like your perspective in terms of a lot of the benefits, especially from being from this kind of bringing this intelligence into whether it's our home or our gardens and into places like construction and agriculture. One of the big benefits it feels like is that it really does have multiple benefits in terms of whether that's security, sustainability, all these things come together. Was that something that that was in your core? Is that something that you've realized as you've gone on through as, as your business has evolved? We didn't. So to be completely transparent, we didn't start the business with sustainability in mind. My own 
feeling on this is that, yeah, we obviously need to do more for, for the environment, but it, it started out as a, as a business. What we're seeing, what I think is really important and really interesting is that the sustainability is being driven by the benefits and, and it comes with it, basically. And this is why also we really focus on selling what we call meaningful technologies. We're not selling like the gadgets and which to some extent it could be considered as such, but that's not the way we're seeing it. We're really seeing it as meaningful technology, uh, technology that change people's lives within these benefits, but that, that brings sustainability. And actually this is something that came about. It wasn't really built in the business, but we're really seeing that actually users through the use of, of their devices, through the benefits they're getting, they're actually getting the data. And that's what I think is the most important in this is that they're getting in the know. Before, it was kind of hard for people to know exactly, oh, how much is my AC or heater or, or whatever it could be, how much it's really consuming, what impact it has. Today, people, they can put, they can put data in front of that, in front of that use, and they can be enlightened in the sense that they're going to make an enlightened decision. It's going to change the way people interact just because they have the information. Basically, once they have the smart devices, once they have the data, pretty much nothing will be the same ever again, right? Because they'll have the information, whether they want it or not, they will think with the information at hand. And so that's what I think for us, what we're seeing, one of the main drivers in that sustainability aspect, because then it gets deployed into whatever use case, whatever feature, whatever benefit you can think of. And then in terms of the, like you're saying there, in terms of that actual, the information and what you can know, when it comes to areas like sustainability, you know, and when it comes to the devices and the intelligence that you're building, can you give some examples of what is this information that we're getting does change us? Let's take the smart agriculture segment and, and what we call in for, for us really a smart garden, let's say applications. So you would have, for instance, a plant sensor. We sell plant sensors that will give you the data on, you know, the light exposure of the plant, the water level in the soil, the fertility level in the, in the soil. And so that will help the, the everyday gardener or the Sunday gardener, let's say, not overwater their plants, not put too much fertilizer, which can kill plants, uh, not only is bad for the environment, but it's bad for the plant itself. Having also, well, the right plant at the right spot with the, with the right light, uh, so on and so forth. And so mechanically, you'll use less water, you'll use less fertilizer, which has direct you know, benefits for the environment and your plants will be healthier. Uh, so it's a win-win-win. So that's that's what I was saying prior. You know, there's a win for the user. It's easy. It's comfortable. He doesn't have to or she doesn't have to remember to water the plants and, and this and that. The plant is uh, is getting a win because it's in better health. And then the environment as well gets uh, gets a win because, you know, we're using less water, so on, so, so forth. We have also in the... Um, that you can pair with actually is a, is a smart drip irrigation system. So you literally have the exact quantity of water that you want, you know, for each plant and not over, not over water it. So these are direct benefits that you'll get from that data, from the reading right in your mobile phone. And again, there is no way that you can't take that into account. 
you know, the, once you'll get that data, whether you want it or not, you will have to make a decision. Will you're, you will make a decision based on that data somehow. Uh, so that's how I think it contributes in, in really changing people's lives and helping out the, the environment as well, for sure. Just to touch on that one little point that you said there in terms of like, like you're saying, if it's just one of those aspects like fertilizer and obviously, and your devices can measure so much more than that, but even just for fertilizers, you think about the degree to what you're saying there, that, you know, over fertilization can kill plants, right? If you, if you take this technology and you're using it primarily because you want to have this beautiful garden and they want this garden to grow better. The opportunity there feels like the benefits that you get are so much more, you know, I'm sure many of us are aware of the idea that over-fertilization means that, you know, this fertilizer ends up in waterways, it ends up in our streams and rivers, but we don't often realize that our causation, the degree to which we're responsible for some of these aspects, and and we're getting the benefit of getting this beautiful garden, but meanwhile, the environment's getting this benefit of of having this more thoughtful, more useful use of some of the re- these resources, right? Completely. And I think what's particularly interesting here is the scalability of it. And the fact that we're able to, again, here, uh, enlighten the end customer, the, the retail uh, part of it, which has huge scalability. Uh, because when we think of smart agriculture, and, and I know that pretty well because my, my family and friends on, on my mom's side are, are farmers and, and growing cattle and they've, they've switched, uh, you know, they have the huge machines with GPS positioning and all of that to help obviously save same thing, water to, to really have a precise, you know, you have, you can have like the best map to water the crops and all that pinpointed by satellite. These are huge investments and, and they're really focused on the agriculture, the like, let's say the industrial agriculture type segment. That's great. But I think through retail and especially in more developing countries and countries that don't have such a concentrated uh, agriculture type system with a few very big companies. Think of, of a lot of countries, you know, where you have the average farm that, that's relatively small and it's still not as mechanical as the one that we know in, in our country. Within that, I think there's huge opportunity. Everybody has a smartphone. And so these devices have the power really not only for our gardens, you know, at home, but also I think for agriculture at large in developing countries, in countries that you know, have have um, an agriculture, again, that, that's a bit different, this can have a tremendous impact. Because again, people will have the data and it makes obviously financial sense to save water, to save electricity, to save fertilizer. So I, I think that has also a huge power in terms of scalability to the public, basically, and not only addressing very concentrated niche kind of, of market, if, so to speak. I want that it's really interesting in what you're saying there. I know, you know, working in technology, sometimes we tend to put technology into these boxes. We think of it as being consumer technology. We think of it as being business technology. You're making the case here that, say, for instance, whether it's a sensor that can measure that you put into the ground to measure your plants, very useful, like you say, for the Sunday gardener, equally useful to smallholder farmers as they get, you know, and even other agricultural processes. Um in terms of your own business, how do you manage that in terms of direct-to-consumer versus the business-to-business aspect? So we have dedicated business-to-business team. 
that will basically cater and think of us a bit as the anti-Amazon. You know, we're not we are your average e-commerce website. We actually have humans that answer the phones and then are ready to help. And what we've seen, whether it's with retail or, or business to business, is that we really have this mission of accompanying customers and, and specifically businesses because these technologies are new. They have a lot of questions. There are different use cases. For instance, uh, let's say, let's take a, a smart door lock. That smart door lock, the need for the, for the features on, in that smart door lock are going to be a bit different. Let's say if it's a hotel or an Airbnb because they need to have, you know, they have passcodes management. They need to manage multiple people accessing the room or, or the building. Whereas let's say if it's a property developer, it's going to be like for long-term tenants, they don't really need to switch passcodes all the time. And therefore they're going to be looking at, let's say the fingerprint feature or, you know, the remote control. So just within that product, you can see that different businesses have different use cases, same for the sensors and so on and so forth. And so we really pride ourselves in helping out clients for their specific needs. And literally, they just they call us up, they tell us what their story is, basically. And from there on, we're able to guide them and accompany them towards the right devices that can fit their needs. And just to switch gears a little bit here, in terms of the data that you're collecting and how you actually hold and process that data, you know, not, not to go into the nuts and bolts, but in terms of you obviously you've got hardware side of it. You've got these devices, whether it's a smart lock, whether it's a device that goes into the ground and measures the environment around a plant. Then in terms of then the software, uh, getting to the software, I'm just thinking of that whole pathway then from getting from this hardware device that's collecting data, then capturing that data, storing that data and making use of that data. Could you tell us a little bit about how you approach that for your company? It's more like something that's to be more user-friendly, more intuitive, helping out people that aren't necessarily very knowledgeable or with a lot of experience in gardening, but they're still able to use their devices to, to the fullest, uh, kind of to, to give them like a, a guide to start. But it, it's not a scientific <laughs> data. And, and yeah, it's just a guide. And this is where I think it's important because you, we don't want to be too technological either. We're not speaking to engineers all the time. And so it's, it's important also to make it fun. You know, it needs to be a bit fun. Otherwise, people are going to be like, what the hell is this? It's too complicated. I don't understand. Frustrated. And then we're, they're going to call us up and, be, and I'd be happy. So uh, I'd rather not have that call and, and be like, oh, this is cool. This is fun. Oh, yeah, this is like what I need to do for, for tomatoes. You know, it, it, it's not maybe going to be the exact perfect scientific data driven, you know, guide, but it will give you something to, to go by. And I think that's more important, actually, than the exact measurement, let's say, that most people, they don't really care. They want to know how to grow the tomato in the end the exact measurement of water at some point, whether it's a little more or a little less, as long as you're in, you know, the, the right threshold, doesn't really matter in the end. I think it's a really important point that you're bringing up there, this idea that there can be, the data is really important and the data opens up, like you're saying, the new thoughts that we can have new realizations and come through the data. But at the same time, you need to be careful not to get into that data paralysis, right? Of just because you can have data that might influence someone's decision, you have to be 
very careful and very it feels like you're very thoughtful about how you, and you know there's a lot of design goes into exactly what data you provide to the end user to help them be most useful without drowning them in data I think that's very important. I think that's one of the key points that will def definitely make or break the technology. And we've seen over and over actually examples of this, of companies having maybe a better technology, but it wasn't explained or it wasn't brought to the, to the user in a, in a, let's say in a cool package or something that's just fun and intuitive. So that's, that's, I think, something that's going to be very important in, in having this technology really being accepted by everyone, used by, by everyone. In terms of, so you're working very closely in the areas such as smart construction or smart buildings, smart agriculture and gardens and that space. When you extrapolate, when you, if you can kind of elevate yourself and think about what are the, some of the implications here and where does this lead us in the future, do you think? I think it will definitely help the environment since this is the topic. Uh, think of, of construction Think of in, in the real estate segment, just being able to remotely open the door, being able to remotely give, you know, a passcode, for instance, you don't have to drive, you don't, you're not going to be wasting gas. Think of, we, we, we sell a lot of um, water leak detectors, for instance, these are, these are, are huge in terms of waste avoiding. Imagine if you have a leak on 10th floor and then before you realize it, you know, 10 floors are soaked and you got to literally rebuilt that whole thing that's that's just waste and then there's the also the the water that got wasted because it leaked and so on so forth and then you take that times you know how many construction projects are out there and then times how many buildings are out there and and then you can see the power of you know all this put together and which i think is really what's gonna help out in the end is the fact that every, everybody's going to be, you know, putting their brick basically into helping out the, the environment because it's, it's a collective effort. We're never, you know, going to be able to do it if everybody does it in, the, in their own little, in their own little way, their own little place. So this has really tremendous, I think, potential in these segments that are in real estate from the construction, then the use, you have a lot of impact on the environment. And so reducing these impacts through these sensors, through through these devices, that's very beneficial, I think. Whether it's agriculture or construction, these are huge, huge polluters or carbon emission em emitters, or they have a direct impact on the environment because just construction, you're taking all the land and then you're developing the land. So that's clearly an impact on the environment. You're, you know, you're, you're changing it. And then you have everything that goes along, you know, with, with the waste, with the way that, uh, that it's built. I think that it will be through smart technologies that we will be able to have a significant impact and to help out the environment and build a sustainable society because we'll have the data. Again, I think the major problem we're having right now is that we're shaming people but they don't, but we don't even know. It's like, oh, you're wasting too much energy. You're wasting too much water. You're using too much detergent and this and that. And people are like, okay, but what do I do? How do I know? Like, how do you know you're using too much detergent really? Or how do you know your heater should be changed? Or, you know, you could have a significant, uh, not only financial benefits upgrading, but also having a clear impact on the environment. That's going to change everything, I think, basically. Same 
Same for the builder. The builder is going to look at the data and be like, whoa, guys, like we can save that much money. That will also have X impact on the on the environment. That's going to change things little by little. I think all these put together, that's going to help out. Probably in the end will be more meaningful to you know, all the big plans and programs. And we were right now we're talking, it's the COP28, right? In, in Dubai, uh, the big gathering. <laughs> it's good. It's great. It brings, you know, the spotlight on this. But in the end of the day, unless everybody's in it, everybody's really changing their habits. It's not going it to ultimately take also much longer if we're not in this altogether, basically. And a big part there in what you're saying is this idea as well, you know, it's not just about saving the planet. It's not just about working with a sense of purpose. You've got this dual duality here that this is, it's, it's business. It's us having ways in which we can save money, whether we're an individual, whether we're a construction company, but at the same time, then just the benefits that that can have if this happens on mass scale. And a lot of that requires data, it requires the kind of devices that you're building and that you're putting into homes and gardens, but this is the way in which we can, like you're saying, tangibly make a difference in this space. Completely. I see this. I think that's the pretty much the only way we're going to be able to make a significant contribution in this. For sure. I think what a great point to leave this on, although I know I could, could keep this going and would love to talk some more, but uh, I know in the interest of time, Nick, and I appreciate, I know caught you um, on the road. Uh, you're a busy guy, obviously, trying to, you know, running and growing the connected shop. So Daryl, what were some of your key takeaways from the episode? One of the things that really stood out for me uh, is this idea that really when we start using sensors in all kinds of different places, you know, the connected shop are using them in gardens, they're using it on door handles, uh, they're putting it into water heaters or water tanks. Uh, it just feels like it opens up so much new potential in terms of what the kind of data we're able to gather and what we can know. And how does that, does that relate back to, to you and your business and that's the work that you're doing? My work in my garden, too, in the IBM Sustainability Accelerator, which is IBM's flagship social impact program on the environment, we've got a great project with Texas A&M AgriLife. That's that university's primary agricultural institution. And we've been refining an open source soil moisture sensor and application called Liquid Prep. This is a device for monitoring how much moisture is in the soil, how much water is already in the ground that a farmer or a gardener could use. And yes, I have this plugged into the ground by the blueberry bushes that my son picks at, and we're also refining it for true commercial use, in particular in arid parts of the southern United States. That type of innovation opens up whole new boundaries. Yes, there is the opportunity for that farmer or that gardener to get very local insights that they can act upon, for example, to decide if they should water that day or next day. But it also plugs in big data sets that other people can use, even if they don't have a sensor there on their property. And that's part of the power of advances in artificial intelligence and elsewhere, where platforms like IBM's Watson X and others can be used to build upon existing data sets and make better decisions for people who are often in 
stressful situation. It's like a farmer without enough water. That's really interesting. And, and just as you're talking, especially you say, you know, you talk about arid regions like, like say, the south of the U.S., when it comes to the advantage for the farmer using these kind of tools is that obviously they're working with limited resources and this helps them be more effective with those resources they use. But it feels like, as you're saying, you know, when you start looking at a macro, if multiple farmers are using this, it can also have this duality of having this environmental uh, impact as well in terms of from a broader environmental and societal perspective, it gives us a chance to be able to potentially you know, mean that there's less runoff water or less runoff fertilizers. You know, how important is that? And how does that work in terms of what you see in terms of the motivations and some of the outcomes for some of these projects? It's critical. And runoff's a really big issue. Yes, environmentally, but also economically. So to take another project that we have in the accelerator, this time with Deltaris, which is a water science institution based in the Netherlands, we're working with them on using soil moisture test strips or water test strips that you can dip into a liquid and come back with a reading of the chemical composition, use your cell phone to take a picture of it and analyze the color there to tell you what's in the water. And that's an important consideration around runoff because heavy rains or overwatering can wash out fertilizers or other nutrients or chemicals that have been applied. That's an issue environmentally, pollute nearby rivers. Also, there's a lot of carbon that goes into the creation and use of fertilizer, but that's an economic decision or consideration. The farmer who loses their fertilizer to overwatering or heavy rains then has to purchase more and reapply. So these are considerations that people have in their day-to-day to to protect their business and that also have broader community impacts for the people who rely on the water around them and generally want a cleaner community to live in. And one of the points that Nick touched on in the interview is this idea that uh, once you start collecting and once you have this data, it opens up all kinds of knowledge. You know, he talks about enlightenment in terms of us being able to then you know, almost takes you down different pathways that you might not have otherwise considered. Is that something you see? And especially, maybe to characterize that, especially where you start seeing the potential for tools like AI, how does that open up even broader vistas? Using AI, you can begin to see trends that you never would have imagined before. I think that's some of the really exciting opportunities presented by this technology, where you don't know what you don't know. So you can feed these big data sets into tools like IBM's Watson platform, and it'll come back to you with trends or insights that could tell you all sorts of other conditions. So maybe, for example, you've been really concerned about the nitrate level in your soil because of how much you've applied a certain fertilizer, and you might discover that actually the phosphorus content is really significant. These opportunities are ones that just didn't exist in the same way before these new technologies came about. And critically, the opportunity set is one around access too. So companies like The Connected Shop are doing really important work to ensure that people everywhere get access to these new technologies, can help to protect their own businesses 
and companies. And in the IBM Sustainability Accelerator, we're really trying to take that type of mission global and to focus in on the most vulnerable or most underserved communities. And are there some specific, what are some of the challenges when it comes to this idea of access and technology and how do you overcome those? Well, clearly in some areas, it's going to be a financial one. So creating lower cost versions of certain tools is absolutely going to make a difference. But then also in some places, not everybody will need the device themselves. Maybe they can become users of a piece of software or simply receive updates via mobile messaging. That's an approach we've taken with Heifer International in Malawi, where smallholder farmers just are not on the web the way that we are. Many of them don't have digital devices themselves, or maybe there's one cell phone in the family. But through mobile messaging, traditional text message equivalents, you can push out alerts to a community around severe weather that's upcoming, or maybe best practices for a specific harvest. So really, it's about understanding your market. It seems like the Connected Shop does that really well, trying to refine what you're bringing to that market to meet their needs and ensure they're accessible based on the resources that they have. And we're doing that across issue areas from agriculture to energy, water, and beyond. Nice. That's awesome. It's great to hear. And I'm sure we'll hear more about the Sustainability Accelerator in other episodes of Impact Up as well. Thank you for listening to the Impact Up podcast. Subscribe to learn more about the latest in tech for good.